Insiders Podcast. Today we have our insiders, Lori from Outshinery. Hi. Jonathan from Bottle Books. Hello. <laughs> and Seb from Trolley. Good morning, boys and girls. We're going to dive into wine heists, how to steal wine, how wine has been stolen, some of the greatest heists um, in the wine world, and uh, how you would steal wine today. But before that, um, I think we have a hot topic that we might keep going back to, and that is the supply chain crisis. Um, there is a, a good article um, in The Buyer by Richard Siddle. Um, and he was uh, talking about um, Olivier, uh, Emmanuel Olivier from Hildebrand was talking at a wine Australia seminar and, and, and did a pretty good recap of, of some of the big issues. Um, and I'll just cover them quickly. Um, the freight rates are increasing. Uh, there's only a 35% chance that deliveries will be on time. There's a 15, 13 to 15% growth in the demand for containers. Record, record profits for shipping companies. So somebody's making money off of this. <laughs> and um, like always, people are blaming um, a lot of it on the US and uh, and the ports in the US. Um, and in fact, in Los Angeles, <laughs> there's a there's a, a, a lineup outside of um, uh, Los Angeles with 100 ships waiting to get in. Um, and on top of that, oil prices are high. So it seems like everything's coming together. Um, Lori, uh, what do you think about this? What have you heard? Um, um, are, are wineries worried? Uh, have you heard anything yeah. on the ground? Or? So like, I think, you know, when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like it was starting to really like bubble at the surface for us without Chanery, like almost like hearing because maybe changes. And now like, I think three weeks later, like we are seeing it in action. Um, so obviously we're not privy of, you know, the full detail of the shipping issues that wineries are having. Um, but right now what we see most issue is glass, like getting glass bottles um, in like in place, like to just like bottle or like ship. So we see a lot of our clients uh, requesting, well, actually we need to update a bottle image because we don't, we are not capable of getting that glass shape anymore. Or we used to have this custom engraving on the shoulder, you know, like the blazon of the winery and the glass factory is so backed up and nothing is coming out. So it just, uh, we just, yeah, this year, this vintage is gonna have none of the special glass. So we're really like seeing this, like last minute tweaks, we are seeing as well as starts to influence the, what wineries are actually putting out out there like they thought they were going to be able to release such and such wine and they're like well actually we haven't been able to bottle or reserve chardonnay with just a roll of trigger estate so that's you know they're doing like last minute shift so it looks like a lot of like juggling and uncertainty um so i really feel like for the wineries for us we're really right now seeing it mostly on supplies to get the wine out more so than the shipping of the wine but I have no doubt that it's happening as well. Like I've been hearing that because the profit for shipping companies is getting containers from China to anywhere else, they actually don't want to waste any time refilling the, they like containers can be empty. Like we can sunk the cost of getting back to China or anywhere like empty. And we'd rather like do the China anywhere in the world as fast as possible. That's where the money is. So even if you get things somehow you have the truck driver, whatever, to get to the, you know, to get shipped, like sometimes 
cargo ship just leave empty. I mean, just empty containers to just come back faster. So it's just a bit heartbreaking. I've heard New Zealand is starting to have serious issues. Um, yeah. So that's. I wonder if uh, on yeah. on a global scale, I wonder how much uh, we're going to see the prices of imported, exported mm -hmm. wines vary. Mm -hmm. uh, because we know, for instance, in North America, uh, you can definitely import wines at a pretty decent rate uh, from Europe, uh, generally speaking. Now that the containers are, look, it used to be about, you know, two grand, 1500 bucks, two grand mm -hmm. for a 40-footer container. It's now 20 grand plus. Uh, so clearly it's going to have an impact at some stage or, or who's going yeah. to be absorbing that uh, because it might also help the local economies uh, a bit more, right? So wine is one of the few goods which are produced outside of and brought in and consumed in. Yeah. Uh, so I think it might have an impact. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm almost wondering if, again, like there is, I, don't, I don't want to call it a marketing play or something like that, but just like putting an hypothesis out there, imagine that for a while like, there's just no New Zealand wine that makes it out of New Zealand. So maybe... You know, obviously it's not happening or anything like that, but maybe like in 2022, like that's the year coming, like it's just like it's really hard to get your hand around New Zealand wine because it's not there. Almost then could 2020, I know it doesn't work fully like that, but could 2023 be almost like a marketing ploy from wine of New Zealand if for 2024 or how long it takes to resolve and be like, you've been waiting for that Sauvignon Blanc for Oyster Bay forever. Uh, Here it is. And you know, like, you know, like I'm almost wondering if, at one point, like this is not going away fast, right? So it's just like, is there, is there a way to just kind of like weave it in? You've been missing it, right. you know, like capitalism, right? Like what this short demand is, like your short even, supply is um, in high demand. <laughs> even on, on a local uh, local scale, right? So when you look at last mile delivery, when you're looking at wineries delivering directly to their consumers or retail shops delivering directly to their consumer in a certain vicinity, uh, we trolley is integrated with 18 different shipping carriers and the 18 of them, 100% of shipping carriers already have sent a notice saying Christmas is, are we going to bleed this? Christmas is <laughs> fucked, right? Yeah. So we've been telling the wineries, you know, try and do your club runs, try and send your Christmas marketing earlier rather than later, because the whole idea of saying you can buy until the 20th of December, we'll have it shipped before Christmas. That's likely to be very difficult this year, right? Um, so yeah, overall, there's a number of different challenges. And it's, I think the industry is fairly capable to adapt to challenges. Um, but at the same time, uh, as consumers, we need to get used to not having access to a certain product or mm -hmm. not being able to have something shipped uh, overnight, right? Thanks, mm -hmm. no thanks to Amazon. Um, what so about the, this relationship between producers and retailers? So Jill Barth, who, who works for Outshinery, also wrote a great article in Forbes um, and um, quoted Austin Beeman, Vice President of Marketing at Cutting Edge Selection, saying, the retailers and restaurants that have sold those wines are now selling something else. Once you lose the placement, mm. it, it can be difficult to get back. Jonathan, sure. what, what about that relationship between retailers and, and producers? And in the context of everything that's happening now, you know, trying to get new wines in front of them, is there a lot of upheaval going on, um, especially for the big retailers? 
think that's that's absolutely the case. I mean, you have the, I mean, relationships will get you quite far um, in the industry, and I think it got a lot of people um, through um, through COVID and had them a sort of a light at the end of the the tunnel, just because it was also hitting everybody um, to some extent um, equally for um, for a while. Um, but then as different countries have come out at different paces, that's become a lot less even. Um, and also, um, businesses just needed to start meeting customer expectations as the customers started returning. Um, and at a certain point, um, you know, business will start to take a priority. Um, so it is, it's not surprising to, um, have people say, you know, it's, we're going to stock what we can we're going to stock what's available um uh, and we we love having that wine on the menu but if we can't get it we're going to bring another one and then our customers are going to get attached to that wine so it's going to be you know it's ultimately the the customer comes first and um and um that will drive changes if the wine's not not available um for sure you have to look, I mean, product placement, right? Overall, uh, yeah. once you have a relationship, it's much easier to have to continue on that relationship. Um, and I think um, there was some of you might have seen Australia, uh, Australian exports of wine have gone down 24% last year. Uh, and look, it's, it's a quarter less, right? It's a significant decrease. And it also means that all of this, the market that has been lost internationally regaining that market is going to be a lot of work, a lot of phone calls, a lot of trade shows, a lot of trying to push the Australian product back on the shelves, back yeah. in the restaurants, right? Because I agree, ultimately, restaurants need to keep on operating and they're going to try and find something else. We're kind of, a, unfortunately, as an industry, there's an oversupply. Mm -hmm. So retail shops will find a replacement. Restaurants will find a replacement. May not be as great, as special, as unique, but we'll find a replacement. And, and Jonathan, what what are wine events looking like for for twenty twenty two to to get that to get that back? Yeah, well, I mean, with the with the logistics, it's I mean that just logistics is even have an impact on on wine events, um, especially when moving larger amounts of wines. That used to be done by by sea um, pre pandemic, and so you would um, for like pro wine, you'd make sure it was in the container by mid December. Um, and that way you knew it was going to be able to be unpacked and, and delivered to pro wine, um, and to your other events in February and March, um, um, on a reliable basis. And all of those sea shipments have been replaced with, with air freight. Um, so it's, it's, a for, um, a number of regions, it's a complete, like they've just had to also adapt just to make sure the wines are there when the, when the producer shows up for the show. Um, and I think for, for events, I, there is, um, I, I don't think we have seen as, as many events planned um, for a time of year as we see coming up for the spring, um, you know, with the storm clouds, with the, the, the COVID numbers here in Europe, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, hard not to sort of see a bit of deja vu, um, but, the, um, but that hasn't stopped um you know the the push to get back out there and to reconnect with people that you haven't seen in the flesh for two years um so there there's this this really pent up energy to get back to get back out there um 
Um, at the same time, we hear also, you know, a, a resignation as well for, from people that they know that not all the events they're planning are going to actually happen. So there is almost a bit of um, uh, uh, let's plan a few extra because we know that not everyone's going to to happen. But it's 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 still that energy to get out there and reconnect with people. Um, it's it's it is it is strong. Well, I mean, if you can't get your wine shipped to you, you can always go and steal it. Uh, so this is what happened in Spain. Uh, nice. When a man, oh, sorry, yeah, um, sorry, when a, when a woman um, with a Swiss passport um, in her 40s wearing a wig um, accompanied by a man um, walked into a Michelin star restaurant Atrio in Western Spain um, and stole 45 bottles, including 10 Chateau d'Aquim, uh, the oldest being 1806 at a value of 350,000. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, this is, Laurie, this is uh, kind of movies kind of stuff isn't it I yeah mean, it is totally movie like it's just like maybe like gal Gadot and everything will just be playing her like in the red notice too <laughs> you know like the the netflix movie right now that is not good but is actually like top worldview short there's always something strangely appealing about heist right like they're obviously doing something that's illegal stealing but also as a viewer it's not impacting my life like they're stealing you know something like maybe like a, a gold reserve somewhere or in that case wine but 45 bottles at first I was like thinking okay like it's not you know we're not talking containers of wine but when you think about it though like it's also not something you can just like pluck under your arms and keep going like it's it is a couple of cases to move um to move out like so strong arms uh, <laughs> like you know like it's just um but it's yeah it's fascinating and it's also obviously like a bit sad as well like um just curious to see like how so what's um how does it get sold again like what is like you know like how what's a how do you get this very rare wine you know to be bought enjoyed invested again whatever you want to call it like it's i can i can definitely confirm <laughs> there is a black market for wine uh, and there are a number of really really uh, high net worth individuals who will just snatch that bottle and just actually buy it for sure yeah. uh, it's actually one it's actually something which has been identified in in quebec a number of years ago give or take 10 years ago, the SAQ started recognizing that there's a lot of illegal imports of wine in Quebec that was bypassing all of their import system. Um, and so I, I kid you not, when so someone who's got money, when they want a bottle, they're going to get the bottle. Mm -hmm. uh, so someone who has a bottle and needs to sell it, or they're going to have a really good party on the weekend. Is there any technological way to, to prevent this? Are there any uh, look, there, there's, look there, there's been there's been a number of um, uh, in the past a number of discussions around um, uh, how to authenticate the wine right having a seal of authenticity that is really hard to duplicate uh, we've seen some blockchain style provenance yep. tracking effort uh, with a varying degree of success 
shaping up over the last few years as well. We've also seen stuff like, uh, what was his name? Rudy, 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 sour grapes in the US, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Who apparently was so good with his palate that he could copy the wine and mix other wines and, and find wine connoisseur would buy it and really think it's the genuine thing. Uh, so it's not, look, it's nothing new, whether we're going to be able to, I don't know, have a, have a molecular signature of the product. I don't know. Um, I also don't think it affects most people, right? It's really a very niche, very for small sure. segment. Yeah. No, well, sure. there was a, there was a man in Southern California who stole the thousand bottles of Bordeaux over four years from Legend Cellars, a private storage yes. facility, and just filled it with two buck chuck, which is this cheap <laughs> wine you get at Trader Joe's in the US. And look, it reminded me, there was a number of years ago um, in Quebec. So Quebec, for those who might not know, Quebec is the largest maple syrup producers on the planet. Yes. Uh, and there literally was a heist I think it was short of 19, 20 million bucks Canadian worth of maple syrup being stolen. Mm -hmm. uh, but these are massive fucking barrels <laughs> of maple syrup. You can't just walk in there and just roll it away, right? You need a forklift. Uh, so same, same as that, that lady uh, organizing a heist, they probably all walked away with a case of 12 bottles each, right? But you need to know where are you going to get it? You need to organize the whole thing, right? Which one, which bottle is it? Where is it located? 300 bucks, uh, $300,000, the bottle was locked, right? Um, so it's not as straightforward as you'd think, but there are people with enough bowls to just kind of go for it, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, some other great uh, heists um, uh, doing some research I found out about was um, there were thieves that went through the catacombs of Paris. So Paris has these old catacombs that you can actually take some tours of underneath the city. Um, and they, they went through those and came up and stole 300 bottles for about $300,000. Um, there were uh, two, two semi-trucks disappeared in, in Australia, which is a little bit like the maple syrup. I mean, kind of massive, uh, amounts of you know i don't know how you hide that stuff it's uh <laughs> how do you move it uh, it's a bit crazy and you know one of the most interesting ones is that um, in bordeaux um there were seven metric tons of grapes stolen yeah um and um in montagne they dug up 500 vines so there's even theft uh right oh, yeah. from the the vineyard what what do you think is the most if you could steal something from from a a, a vineyard well you could steal the name you could steal the grapes you could, what do you think is the most valuable thing to steal what's really the value in a in a wine uh, look i think that there's two ways two ways to answer that question right there there is to a winery, and you're talking about grapes uh, being stolen, that's happened in California a number of times, mm -hmm. where a small mums and pups winery would wake up one morning and the entire vineyard has been harvested overnight, right? Uh, and these guys, this is their livelihood, right? Mm -hmm. This is the most valuable thing they have at that moment, and it's irreplaceable. 
irrespective of insurance, money and this is irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also think there's been a lot of discussions um, between France and China, Australia, China. Uh, and I think we've also seen a lot of brands being stolen, right? In a way that you would effectively find a wine in China with a certain label, but the content is not the proper wine. So we, there's a French winemaker, I can't remember his name, who actually went to China to look at uh, opening the market in China. And he kind of went, hey, that's my wine on the shelves. And I never sold to anyone to import it to China. Um, we have, there's a producer that I, we worked with in Australia who shipped a container of wine in China, got stuck at the borders, and three months in, he just flew into China to sort of figure out what's happening. And he actually discovered there was far more of his wine than he'd shipped initially. So someone in the process copied every bottle and duplicated the product. And so I think stealing the brand is something that we're probably going to see increasingly. And yeah. consumers don't really have a way of knowing, even if there's a little seal of authenticity. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think the brand, yeah, the brand is really easily, easily sold. Uh, it's, Sorry. It's, it's easy, but it's also, I think, to David's question, or to, to your question, David, I think it's, it is probably, for the exact same examples that you give, said, probably one of the most valuable or damaging, potentially damaging things, because in your examples, it could, it could potentially block your entrance to an entire market, and it could be building up there, creating more and more resistance without you ever knowing yeah. that it's happening, uh, because you know, one vintage is one vintage. Um, but if you have an attachment to some other brand um, or, or blocked, that could take years. Yeah. Or, and or, it probably depends on the size of the business. It does. Right? So yeah. a smaller winery really need their product. A larger winery really need their brand, right? Because the damage is significant. Um, but it's so fragmented that ultimately, you know, a small winery having their brand sold in China, they're probably not going to see the, their bottom line change all that much. Mm -hmm. uh, Laurie, I mean, do, do do wineries talk to you about their protection of their brand or how they're positioning it or how they're doing their labels or their imagery or is it yeah, a topic on, the, on their minds? I think it's like we're seeing, you know, like a few more like of these like seals or innovative kind of seals that, you know, like around the capsules, um, also wines that are just, uh, you know, put on the blockchain. Like it's more, you know, like um, we've talked about that before, like it's a bit more like riding the wave, you know, of the moment rather maybe more than protection. But um, like not like not so much like I think it's just like mostly uh, like just like super premium wineries and sometimes I find like those wineries they just do very limited and they just go directly uh, auction but for whatever clients like the setting they just you know sent it was a magnum I think but it was like sold for like one million dollar kind of thing and going for to a nonprofit as well but they just like almost kind of like protect their very expensive wine by just really controlling where it goes and avoiding, I think, risky markets. Like, and as in my life as a designer, I've heard um, some a bit of horror stories also with China where, but like Seb was saying, like you do one year and it all goes well, and then you're supposed to repeat, you know, the same way. And then that's when hell breaks loose. Um, I don't, without being stereotypical, like it's just like their capacity of copying, however you want to call it is, is actually quite 
fascinating but dangerous as oh, well yeah. so you know it's more like my experience what i've seen from where i stand i think i think copying a product scales uh, more mm -hmm. than stealing the actual physical yeah. goods yeah that thinks yeah so and no, no one is asked to to sign each label in blood no one is asked to try and <laughs> who knows no, no. yeah no no that's yeah but yeah it's, it's just like quite fascinating and I, again i would be really curious i wouldn't be surprised you know i was joking earlier with netflix but you know like the top shows like money heist and all of that is you know like it's just like really like all about heist and it's just like i wouldn't be surprised if I don't think there's an awareness of the general public that there is wine heist and that wine is also an investment or something like that. Like, uh, watch my word, but I think by 2024, they would be brought more to the general public. Um, and I think also like, because it's rich people problems, like I don't think there's a lot of um, empathy whatsoever. I think the empathy of the general consumer would be when the vines are stolen. Like this is, it feels more heartbreaking like you're just like oh it's a farmer like all that work like it's just like oh like rich people wine getting stolen boohoo you know like it's just like <laughs> i think there's also like that uh, potential issue <laughs> look i'd be curious at at the the size of the industry on a global scale i'd be curious to um, have a look at how much wine what's the value of the overall wine fraud or wine heists or how much wine is involved on a year-by-year -year basis uh, in in being stolen or fraudulent activities i i don't think it's a big problem i don't think it's 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 a, it's significant right it's probably tens hundreds of millions in value uh, but i don't think it affects the broader the broader population enough or, or the market enough so fascinating though I've never watched yeah. your Red Notice and I've never watched Money Heist on Netflix either. So I don't know. I watched Red Notice. I haven't watched Money Heist, but uh, yeah, you can definitely skip Red Notice. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I normally well, skip I think what, I'm, whatever I'm, Netflix says is the most popular. I just skip it. I think you touched upon something with Money Heist. There, there's this idea in the series that they give the money to the people. Yeah. some kind of Robin Hood sort of thing, which is not, you know, which as you were saying, it's tough when people are selling <laughs> old bottles of wine and it's like, ah, oh, who cares? This is a bit of a problem. So, yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, I think that's it for the Wine Tech Insiders podcast. Um, I'd like to thank our Wine Tech Insiders, Seb from Trolley, Jonathan from Bottle Books and Lori from Outshinery. We'll see you all again in a few weeks. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Catch you later. Cheers.